Hello and welcome to Crediton Radio. I'm Jake Lloyd and this episode is the first in a new series showcasing the work of the Crediton and District U3A Creative Writing Group. Now, the U3A, or University of the Third Age, is a UK-wide movement of locally-run interest groups for anyone who's no longer in full-time work. Together, members can explore new ideas, skills and activities. Shortly, we're going to hear two pieces of work from members of this local U3A writing group. But first of all, let's hear the founder of the group explain what it's all about. Here's Richard Durant from Crediton. I joined U3A about three years ago, shortly after retiring. I wondered what I should do now I was a member. I joined the Spanish group and learned a few words, but I realised that gracias and buenos dias were likely to be the summit of my achievement. Then someone suggested I set up a creative writing group. That sounded interesting. I wasn't a creative writer myself, but I was a professional writer. I have over 50 titles to my name in the education press, published by the likes of Pearson, Scholastic and Collins. My brother, however, is a real writer. That's what my mum says anyway. My brother writes fiction for children, and he has got over a 100 novels, picture books and story collections published. So I thought, perhaps I should have a go at being a real writer too. I put out a call to U3A members to see if anyone might want to be a part of a creative writing group. Some did, and we started meeting once a month in the Weatherspoons in the High Street. This was a good place to meet, because you could have endless refills of coffee, and with the help of the app... You could have chips and Prosecco delivered to your table as you discussed a member's beautifully written reminiscences of their childhood holidays in the Isle of Wight and so on. However, it was a bad place to meet if the people on the next table were shouting at each other about how impossible their children or husbands were, or were just squirting each other with tomato ketchup. It was a great place for picking up material, often a bad place for working the material up into some sort of sensitive writing. Anyway... In those, in those early days, a number of people tried the group out, and some of them stayed. By the time we moved on to a saner venue, we had half a dozen regular writers. Our first writing task was to continue a story that started with the line, there was only one thing in the cupboard. Over the years, about 30 people have joined and left, usually after a few months. Uh, some have stayed, though. And we now have a few members at the core of the group who have been with us for, oh, some years rather than weeks or months. We always welcome new members and we try to organise sessions so that they will work for members who want to drop in. People who have no idea of what went before. So um, that's, that's really the way we work it. Um, we do tend to have a particular focus for the meeting, I suppose, though. Um, characters, for example, or action, dialogue and so on. Uh, briefing sheets support our discussion. We often round off the discussion with some sort of simple, relevant exercise. Not star jumps, though. More seat and pen-based things. Most of the meetings are taken up with discussion of what we have been writing since the previous meeting, and in between meetings, members circulate writing in progress for helpful suggestions and responses. I, I, think, it's, well, I think it's all very supportive and encouraging. 
even if some feedback is usefully specific. I'm not sure that is the right word there, or perhaps that character needs a bit more development, that sort of thing. We've entered competitions, and we've had success in two of them, with different members writing the winning entry. We'll certainly do a bit more of that. It's a useful focus. At the moment, we are working up a bit of an anthology to showcase the breadth of our writing as well as its quality. But you don't have to be a real writer to join the group. You just have to like words and like being a part of something. A couple of our members don't even write. They just like to be part of the sort of creative stew with um, lumps of creativity floating around them week by week. That's fine too. I've been delighted. I suppose the thing that's delighted me most of all about the last few years is um, the discovery that through some sort of mysterious process, everyone is actually getting better at writing. Some of the writing is truly stunning. Two members have completed a number of very long stories. Novels, really, I think. I myself have, to my astonishment, completed a novel called Cruel to be Kind. Come to think of it, that probably means I am a real writer now. That's the Crediton and District U3A Creative Writing Group founder Richard Durant there. And we're now going to hear the first two pieces of work from the group. This first one is a poem. It's by Mike Elliott from Crediton, and it's called Pandemic Living. Pandemic living, so I found, is much like dwelling underground. Immured within these four dark walls, no one visits, no one calls. Abandoned by the human race, one never sees a friendly face. And if some foolish friend draws near, you bolt the door and cringe with fear. You never know quite where they've been. Ring bells and shout, unclean, unclean. At least with leprosy you spot when bits fall off or start to rot. Our lovers long ceased to desire us, we might pass on that wretched virus. It matters not, we are all doomed to live this life alone, entombed. And if you want to save your soul, just dig yourself a deeper hole. The vaccines offered do no good, they make the stuff from vampires' blood. That's on the web, so must be true. Bill Gates is out to poison you. But think of all the cash we'll save whilst lurking in our private cave. So cheer up, for when all's been said, we'll be quite wealthy when we're dead. That was Pandemic Living by Mike Elliott from Crediton there. And now we're going to hear from Ellie Babbage in Cheriton Fitzpain with her piece called A Pheasant in Woodland. I'm always amazed at how beautiful a pheasant is, with its speckled intricacies and razor-cut plumage. Somehow, it ought not to be able to fly with that length of tail and the plumpness of its body. But soar it does, creaking and rasping above the trees, reaching great heights with only a few beats of its wings. It's one of those birds which seems in flight to signify pride and status. As the low sun snags its underbelly, a feast of colour reveals itself, and I scan it rapidly to take in as much as I can. It's a privilege to have it fly so close. I feel set apart, chosen, because of its precarious nearness. Who can I tell? I've got to share this with someone. It's too special to keep to myself. How far along the path are the children? Tom and Kate have run ahead towards the woodland, stooping and darting, shrieking and crying, 
galloping sideways and lunging towards each other with their coats flapping and their arms flailing. It has most probably been their chaos that has startled the pheasant into flight. They've already reached the gate which leads into the copse and are out of sight and far beyond earshot. I stand gazing up at the bird. Orange, yellow, brown, red, splashes of iridescent blue. But just as I allow myself to indulge in the scene, it is ripped apart by the percussive splinter of a gunshot. It's followed by a moment of sheer silence, almost echoey nothingness. Thoughts on hold. There is nothing not even a breath. The bird is poised, frozen in flight, still, at altitude, it is waiting. It beats its wings fast for a second and begins to climb skyward again, then, turning, tumbling, twisting and splaying out its speckled wings, it hurtles downwards. I am now the one fixed and waiting. It leaves the sky too soon, I've only just seen this bird, and my brain is struggling to store the images of its colour, its grace, its vitality. I need to focus for longer to commit something of it to memory and to luxuriate in those feelings of joy. In my head, I slow it all down to make sense of it. The creature descends almost sluggishly, gyrating and flopping heavily, with sprinkles of feathers showering all around it. I give no thought as to where it will land and remain rooted to the ground. It pulps down suddenly. I am spattered by its blood, its beautiful, awful blood. This moment of sheer joy engulfs me with inconsolable grief. That was Ellie Babbage from Cheriton Fitzpaine with A Pheasant in Woodland. Before that, you heard Pandemic Living by Mike Elliott in Crediton, as well as Richard Durant explaining how and why he began the Crediton and District U3A Creative Writing Group. And that's it for this episode. We'll hear more from this writing group in future episodes. But until next time, bye for now. Bye for now.